Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach, Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. Hey, today... I want to talk to the ladies who have experienced some kind of change with their bodies that is affecting their view of their femininity and their womanhood. And that can be anything. I'm thinking about ladies who have had a hysterectomy or a mastectomy after a really scary diagnosis of something. It could be due to some kind of medical condition needing to shave off all of your hair, which especially in this society, hair is considered a woman's crown and glory, right? Could be something not directly related to being a female necessarily, like maybe You have an arm or a leg or something that needed to be amputated. It could be, man, anything, anything. And you feel alone and lost in that because no one quite understands what it's like. Maybe even other female friends of yours don't understand what it's like. If you don't already know, I specialize in sex therapy in my practice, so I love working specifically with ladies who are experiencing pain when they try to penetrate or have intercourse. And that can be for a myriad of reasons, and I probably should do an entire episode just to that. But for those ladies as well, they have that experience of shame, embarrassment sometimes of why can't I do this? Or if we want to even take it a step further, infertility. If you are trying and desiring to have a baby with all your mind, body, heart, soul, you want to biologically carry a child and for reasons that you might not even know right now, because the doctors are trying to figure it out and they don't know either. You're not currently able to carry a child physically. That can be devastating. Something out of your control. And it impacts the way you see your femininity. You as a woman. I get that. I want to go specifically into the sexuality part, though. There's this view in American culture and all cultures, but I live here, so I'm just going to talk about what I've seen. There's a view of what a woman should look like and be like sexually, how she should move and talk, you know. <laughs> She's that the girl in the movies that Um, You automatically know she's going to be the love interest of the main character because she shows up in some kind of bar or club 
Um, if it's an action movie, you know, the ones that are made for men. <laughs> she shows up in some kind of bar or club in a really slinky dress. And listen, I love a good dress, a form-fitting dress. However, we're talking about the archetype, the stereotype. So she's got her dress on, her boobs are high and mighty, and she's walking in slow motion, makeup is popping, and she sees the main character. And it's almost like from the moment she sees him to the moment they inevitably have shower sex, car sex, and or any other type of adventurous, spontaneous sex. From the moment they see each other, there's a sexual tension. There's energy in the air. She is, um, <laughs> either she's fighting with him, like, oh, you're so disgusting, I hate you, and then, you know, or it's like she just can't take her hands off of him, or even there's definitely some movies where the girl has zero personality or sense of humanhood at all, and she solely exists to, what, hang on his arm all night while he talks to other people, and she's just sitting there? Or what? Ooh, that's a tangent. Makes me so upset. Um, then there's the, the chick flicks and what chick flicks say about womanhood. I think right now we're in this, um, era of the, the girl that's sweet and adorable. <laughs> like she's, she's a little clumsy maybe, but <laughs> at some montage in the middle of the movie, she, what, takes off her glasses. Cause I guess you can't be sexy if your eyes are not a 2020 vision. She takes off her glasses and she curls her hair because she has time for that, I suppose, um, and changes her clothes and all of a sudden she's attractive. <laughs> what? Oh no. So transformation scenes, glamour shots, all of this where the woman is always primped up and ready to go, ready to serve, ready to please, ready to fall in love or in lust this a woman makes. You might logically disagree with any of that and you logically be able to say that's I know that's not who I am that's not what makes me but y'all if we've been seeing this and hearing it and even in music you know um, male written music around sexuality is <laughs> conquest oriented and I was thinking about R&B, that was, uh, when I said that, I was thinking about hip hop. When I'm thinking about R&B, I think there's a little more romance included in that. But overall, sex is this big thing where it takes all night long and multiple times and blah, 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 blah. And even if you logically know this is not how I, my sexuality functions, if you've been hearing and seeing it, over and over again since birth <laughs> since birth mind you side note have y'all watched disney channel lately listen here they're out of control these little kids at like age 12 or 13 or whatever it may be over here talking about some oh matt's just i know he's the one i'm in love with him or should i choose jake and they're making out and my question is have you done your homework do you have flashcards? Have you completed your chores for the day? Have you played with your best friends without centering it around? <sighs> anyway, I digress again. 
We've seen it so many times that it just sticks with us. It's a mold that is given to us. And so when you become a woman, um, an adult, when you are finally able to make your own decisions and maneuver the world as you will, if something happens outside of your control, that's what I was mentioning in the beginning of the episode, things with your body, things with your hormones, things with your, um, I mean, even just external life factors that impact your sex drive, all of that can have you feeling like you're not woman enough. Hmm. So let's, let's do something together, okay? Can we redefine what sexuality is just for you? So, ooh, yay, let's do this. It's fun. You might be driving. If so, you know, pause. We're at like, I don't know where we are in the episode, around minute nine, eight. Um, pause and come back to it later. If you are by yourself and you're able to, grab a pen, grab paper, grab a notebook, um, notes on your phone, whatever floats your boat. Let's see what your sexuality is, what your sensuality is and what you want it to be. And so maybe you can have one column that's um, what you believe so far about yourself as a sexual person. Another column that is about what you wish you were, maybe. Some of those insecurities that come up. And then another column that's for, but... What is the truth I know about my value and myself and how do I want to see my sexuality if it were not based on fear or insecurity or comparison? Yeah, that's your homework assignment. (laughs) And just write what comes up for you. Anything, everything, stream of consciousness. If you notice... um, in the column of the insecurities, some really heavy things showing up, which they will, pause there and really think back to where did that first come from? Who did you see? What did, who told you what? Or what did you maybe subconsciously observe that brought that into the forefront of that's how you should be? So to be transparent, um, I've told you guys before, I'm daughter of immigrants, Jamaican-American. I'm the first gen here in the United States. Um, and I remember, I'm pretty slim. I remember growing up having a lot, a lot of trouble with that though. Because I kept wanting to be the ideal of the curvy, voluptuous Jamaican woman. I'm not there anymore where I I am insecure about that, but it was something I had to consciously look at and redefine what my womanhood is. So that's what I'd like you to do. And as you're going through it, you know, just know that if there is something with your body that you feel is challenging what you know to be of being a woman, Ask yourself this, what if it were possible for me to have this phenomenon and still be 100% feminine, 100% woman? Femininity 
this is my definition, is the energy of responsiveness, of flow, of um, life. It's Mother Earth. And there's different intensities in within that feminine <laughs> there's different intensities within that femininity if you look at mother earth she's a trickling river very smooth very quiet and she's also a roaring ocean you know you look at femininity and you feel a light breeze but you also see <laughs> mother nature going off in a hurricane you can be any type of expression of femininity that you would like. Whatever you are, you are created a certain way. And I think, you know, when we go back to the 50s of what women were supposed to be back then is very quiet, very subdued, very reserved. And then it set a kind of a pendulum where when we rebelled against that, it's like, no, we don't want to be any of that. But I would like to open this up and say there are some ladies who their true core of being feminine is there is their being quiet and reserved and gentle and soft. And then there are some ladies that are powerhouses and bold and loud laughter and vibrant. And then there are some ladies who are right in the middle, some ladies who are, you know, very stoic. All of that, you know, it's it's your essence that has to say about who you are as a person. And then I guess further going to as a woman. And so, oh, one more example. Serena Williams. I remember the time where I was younger, so I don't have any other context other than the memories that stuck with me and came with me to adulthood. But when I was a child, I remember people talking about Serena Williams as A, um, her, her skin color, about her being too dark. And I have no idea where it came from. I just know that I remember it coming from somewhere. Um, I remember them saying she was a man. She looked like a man. She was built like a man. X, Y, Z. Oh my God. How, how damaging is that? Not just for me as a child looking up to someone's like, oh my gosh, she's an amazing tennis player. I could potentially want to be like her. I can't play tennis, y'all. I'm not good at sports. Um, but I could maybe want to be like her. But then hearing so many people shoot at who she is as a person, as a woman, as the way her body that the Lord gave her came into the earth, attack her for things like that. What? How can we even allow that? And then we start doing it to ourselves. So, <laughs> if you are in a place where there are parts of your body that you need to just sit with it, and grieve, grieve maybe, that, you know, some parts of the way you were born or the way life changed your body are not the way that you wanted. You can grieve that. But don't stay there. After your due time of grieving, give yourself the chance to open up the curtains, open up the window and think, what's another possibility of me being a woman? Of what that can be. How do I want to show up in the world and give my gift of me to the world as I am? Without comparing myself to XYZ person or the expectations that I have of myself. And I would like to acknowledge that's real easy for me to sit here and say. 
when as of right now I'm chilling I'm good I I'm enjoying the way that my body and my mind and my heart and soul are but I also wasn't always here I used to have some pretty intense self I don't know if hatred is or maybe at the time I would have used the word hatred of course I would have yeah I can remember when I was really really young wanting to trying natural ways to bleach my skin so I would be lighter Oh my God. Yeah. That was like eighth grade. So yeah, we all have our different journeys with it. We all have things that we would look at in ourselves and feel shame or sadness over that someone else might look at and be like, Oh girl, you're totally fine. Don't even worry about it. So this is very personal journey. And it's something that you need to walk. I I was going to say by yourself, but not by yourself with God, with God who has such divine fingerprint on you regardless of what your body your brain your mind your personality all of it is still somehow in ways that we as humans can't understand within divine and you can also do this with a therapist or a coach um friends are helpful for support but i think when you're going into deep insecurities it can be hard to bring it up with friends especially if they try to put things back on you or um refute your insecurities in a way that makes you feel like no no no, i'm trying to explore it just like sit with me for a second so yeah i hope that you were able to find some meaning in this as it applies to you and i wish i could be speaking with you directly and hear your story and give you space for your story and so yeah there's an extent to which i'm speaking generally but if you'd like to do your homework assignment (laughs) the invitation stands of journaling through the ways that you're seeing yourself as a woman your sexuality and what the expectations are and then finding What is the most life-giving, fulfilling, satisfying, joyful, content way that I can be my my version of woman? (laughs) I would love to talk more about desire, like sex drive and stuff, but that needs its own entire space. I guess today we're, we're just talking more about body image. So... Thank you for coming along for the ride. And remember, at the core of all of this, you can put it right there on the list with the rest of um, your homework invitation. Remember that you are fully seen, you are fully known, and you are fully loved. Okay, we'll talk soon.